Welcome to Spring of Life. My name is Mike Luzinski, and I serve as the lead pastor here. I'm so glad you're taking the time to grow in your faith through scripture, preaching, and the conversations on our podcast. You'd think you know a lot of people, and not one cousin, one neighbor, one old friend has any room for you and your spouse? Or maybe think about the poverty that Jesus was born into, held in tension with God's blessing. And of course, right now we're glossing over the most chilling part of the story, which if I'm being completely honest, I would prefer to gloss over that scripture that we just read. But yet, it's a part of the Christmas story. The, the scripture entitled in my Bible, The Killing of the Innocents, is a part of the Christmas story. It's hard for us to imagine a king so paranoid that he feels threatened enough by all the two-year-old boys to kill them. It's hard to imagine that kind of injustice, that kind of trauma and grief. What does that do to a small town? What does that do to a community? But it's part of the Christmas story. Jesus, from his very birth, was exposing evil. And that process is a part of God's redemption story. It has been going on for some time, and unfortunately, we're still in it. That means that innocent people still die today. Tragedies happen each and every day. I read a story a few days ago about three Israeli men in their 20s that were taken as hostages by Hamas. Somehow, some way, they had freed themselves and were coming out with a white flag only to be shot by soldiers from their own country's military. We hear the stories of those tragedies, the killing of the innocents. It's not just something that happened in Matthew chapter 2. It's something that happens here and now today. So many people experience trauma, grief, loss, brokenness. There's a lot that breaks our hearts in the world around us. There are heartbreaking parts of the Christmas story. Where is God in the scripture we just read? Is God only with Mary, Joseph, and Jesus? What about all the other people? Is God absent from those who are suffering? A cry was heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are dead. A cry was heard in Ukraine. A cry was heard in Gaza. A cry was heard at the Mexico-U.S. border. A cry was heard in Sudan. A cry was heard in Orlando. A cry was heard in my heart, in your heart. 
We all know grief. We're acquainted with it. Loss of a person, loss of place, loss of a dream, maybe the way you thought your life would be. Those are all different forms of grief. And I appreciate you sharing openly and vulnerably the things that are breaking your hearts. We heard a lot. Loss and all kinds of challenges. We name and acknowledge the grief, the loss, the trauma, the pain, the brokenness. And we also feel some sense of hollowness. Where do we turn? How do we fix it? I wish there was a way we could undo some of the pain and brokenness that we experience. But I haven't seen that. There's no way we could undo the rending of the cloth that we just did. But there is a way we can make it beautiful. There is a way we can give it meaning And there is a gift that God gives us to do something like that. Hebrews 11.1 says, Faith shows us the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. But this type of faith is not the type of faith that people talk about in a receiving line at a memorial service when they don't know what to say. It's not trite. It doesn't fit in a card. This type of faith is not the time heals all wounds. This type of faith is not just an intellectual affirmation. There's something deeper about this type of faith. And when we look at the context of Hebrews 11, we can see it. The faith of Noah, who was building an ark when it wasn't raining and when people were calling him an idiot for doing such a thing. The faith of Abraham leaving his home and dragging his family with him when he didn't even have a destination. Remember, God said, go to the land that I will show you. The faith of Sarah, who was barren but believed that God would provide her a son in her old age. The faith of Moses, who after saying, God, please pick anyone but me, trusted God to lead him and Israel through the Red Sea into the promised land. The faith of Rahab, who betrayed her own people to welcome the people of God in peace. That is a deeper faith, a really deep faith. And and this is the verse that describes that faith in a way that I'm struggling to get my mind around. Hebrews 11:13 says all these people died believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. I'm going to read that again. All these people died believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. I can't help but ask myself, do I have the type of faith where I could see something from a distance and welcome it? This verse hits at the disconnect 
that is so prevalent in modern American Christianity that if we put in faithfulness and right actions, that's the input of the equation, then the output will be the life we've always wanted. And yet, for Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Moses, Rahab, and countless others, that wasn't the case. But they still had a deep faith to see the promise of God on the horizon and march towards it with full conviction, despite the chaos and brokenness and suffering around them. There's another character in the Christmas story that embodies this type of faith. His name is Simeon. Do you all remember him? He did something really remarkable. He was a prophet of God who was at the temple when Jesus went there to be circumcised. And the first thing that jumps out at me when we think about Simeon is that he took baby Jesus out of his mother's arms. <laughs> what? It almost offends our sensibilities that this, this prophet, this elderly man, grabs Jesus and he has this to say, for my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people Israel. You know, Simeon never saw Jesus turn water into wine. He never saw Jesus heal the sick, make the lame dance, Make the blind see. He never saw Jesus be crucified and rise from the dead. But yet, Simeon died fulfilled and completely at peace because he saw what God was doing and he had the faith to believe it. He had the faith to recognize one eight-day-old child from another. How does he do that? Scripture doesn't tell us. But he had that type of faith. My prayer for each of us is that we could have that type of faith. I know a person, a personal hero of mine, who had that type of faith, and it was my grandmother who passed away years ago. But her favorite hymn, one that we sang at her funeral... It's called Hymn of Promise. It describes that type of faith. In the bulb, there is a flower. In the seed, an apple tree. In cocoons, a hidden promise. Butterflies will soon be free. In the cold and snow of winter, there's a spring that waits to be unrevealed until its season, something God alone can see. Let us pray. Holy God, we know your heart. We know your heart is to save the innocent to heal the broken, to find the lost sheep. 
We offer ourselves to you. We offer our grief to you. We offer our pain, our brokenness, our loss, our trauma. We offer it all up to you. Asking for you to bring new life, to bring hope, to bring faith, to bring healing and resurrection. God, we confess we don't always see it, and we boldly ask for your grace that we too may have the faith to see what God is doing on the horizon and welcome it. Amen. If you have questions or want to talk further about this message, I'd love the chance to talk with you. Visit us online at springchurch.org connect or email me at pastormike at springchurch.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you.